Time now for the latest news, views, and highlights in affiliate marketing. AFCON 2010 presents Affiliate Affiliate Cast. Online, on demand, and on site. Affiliate Cast. Affiliate Cast delivers exclusive coverage of AFCON 2010 and the affiliate marketing world. Affiliate Cast starts right now. Welcome to the final debate panel at AFCON 2010 in Denver. Here are the panelists for this final debate panel. The CEO of Unique Leads, Shai Pritz. The CEO of Paulson Management Group, Heather Paulson. The CEO of Media Trust, Peter Bordas. The CEO of Smarter Chaos, Matt Frary. The CEO of Magnet Marketing, Charles Moy. And the founder and CEO of OfferVault.com, Mark Roth. Now, please welcome your moderator, the co-founder of AFCON 2010, Darren Babin. All right, folks, we are going to get this underway. Um, Very simply put, we are going to talk about the hot topics at this show. How many of you, let me see a show of hands, how many of you are affiliate marketers and you've been doing so for at least a year plus let me see your hands okay how many of you put put your hand down back there how many of you are new to this under a year okay has this show enlightened you at all let me see hands okay very good Uh, I'm gonna start right down here with Matt Frary of Smarter Chaos um, Matt hosted the town hall in here called Clean It Up. Let's clean up the industry. Do me a favor. What needs to be cleaned up? What's, what's, what's so bad that we need to have a topic where we're discussing what we need to clean up? I don't even know, I don't even know where to start um, to tell you what we need to clean up, but I think it goes something on a few general topics like... I like when it gets a little bit more silent. <laughs> a few topics like, um, are there such thing as um, bad affiliates? Or do bad affiliates get created by the incentivization that's coming to them? Is, it, is there an incentive to, to do the wrong thing in our industry based because performance drives our industry? And uh, therefore, if we can bend the rules a little bit, that, that's okay because that's how we're compensated. Um, There's topics like uh, compliance um, at the network level. Is it in the network's best interest to to tell the advertiser when something's happening down the channel if uh, they think that they can get away with it? Um, If the advertiser can process the credit card and rebill a few times, is it in the advertiser's best interest to protect the consumer? And... uh, I think that's just a few. Just a few. There we go. First, first one, right there. We're not, we're not three minutes in. Party fouling already. Uh, I think we'll need more beer up here. Okay. Now, Mark. Lightweight. Yeah, lightweight down here. Mark, you yourself recently at AdTech, you, you guys hosted the Performance Marketing Leadership Summit. It was quite amazing. But in that there were very key takeaways that Matt just mentioned. T- 
tell me from your perspective what you believe this industry faces in just the next 12 months across the remaining states that are sniffing out what Palmer is doing in consulting people. He's consulting the other states on this. You're talking about the yes. affiliate tax stuff? Yes. That's really, I wouldn't you know, consider that my bailiwick, so to speak, but as far as the whole compliance thing and what I've kind of learned over the past like two years really that we've been you know, dealing with uh, panels and forums that, that talk about compliance and all the things that are wrong in this industry and it's kind of like we've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and not much has happened. In fact, I've tried to do something about it with, with a Philly cert and I decided against it for my own business reasons. Um, not to continue to try to, 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 to go down that path on my, uh, for a kind of like an industry solution. So people have talked about also, you know, the PMA being involved and a third party stepping in. And all these things may or may not happen or may happen eventually. But my, my feeling at this point is that each individual network has to kind of step up on their own and decide on their own how they want to conduct themselves and how they want to conduct their business and stop kind of waiting for the industry to solve it as a whole because when and if that happens who knows so but as, a, as an individual company each network should decide this is how we want to do business and if that's a way that's going to encourage uh, advertisers and big brands to go with them then that'll be fine for that for that network so I think it's really time for each network to step up on its own all right Obviously, we've, we've got some love back here for this thought. Now, Dash Ramachandran, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, your platinum sponsor. This is one of the reasons why you got to come in for free. ClickBank, thank you very much. Okay? That is what you call supporting the community and getting you educated and current on what's going on in this space. If you guys aren't on the cutting edge of what's going on, then these guys aren't going to accept you into the networks at all. Dush, from your perspective, do you think that the industry needs a third party to come in and to help clean it up? Or do you think that at the network level that this is the network's responsibilities? Um, if, if, if you're saying or if you're asking if the industry needs a watchdog, um, no, my answer is most emphatically not. Um, I, I would suggest that um, responsible players in the industry uh, are themselves self-policing. I mean, it, it is in our interest uh, for us to act to get the bad actors out of the business to ensure that uh, the highest standards of integrity are practiced within the industry in such a way that we don't need watchdogs watching over us. We self-police, we self-regulate, and we make sure that uh, we hold up the highest standards. Um, and honestly, the reason I, I advocate self-policing and self-regulation is because the people that make uh, legislation uh, about our industry aren't familiar with the industry. These are people that have their emails printed out and read to them. These are people that have never... If they have email. If they have email. And so it, it is ludicrous to consider the notion of 
somebody who has never once clicked on a banner ad to understand how the affiliate marketing world uh, makes money or lives. So it's, it's much easier for people that understand the industry uh, to be able to self-regulate themselves. And as in all industries, there are bad actors, and I think we have a common uh, goal and a common obligation to ensure that we clean the industry up and continue now, to... Now, hold on. Explain that. You say we. Now, that, that implies a collective. Mm -hmm. How does yes. that happen? Um, by we, I mean those of us that are practitioners within the industry, individuals, corporations, uh, everyone. I mean, we have uh, an obligation to one another and to the industry to ensure that uh, the people that are, uh, that are other practitioners within the industry uphold the highest standards. If you find someone acting in a manner that is not uh, of the highest standards, then you call them out. Um, a simple example, if you look at people who, uh, this might be a case of an affiliate who decides, uh, I'm going to post a review about a particular product and I'm going to get pictures off the web and I'll surf the web, find pictures I find, who's ever going to notice? The web's an awfully big place. I'll just go pick up some pictures that uh, may or may not be copyrighted and use them in my, in my website. Now, if, if that happens to be your copyrighted uh, intellectual property, then you should file a DMCA complaint. You should have that site taken down. Um, and we all have a common obligation to ensure that, that those standards are upheld. Now, Peter, uh, from your perspective, um, I, I, Dush, I, I, I definitely concur. I, I believe that the networks most emphatically have some responsibility here. But there's one thing that I worry about, and that's greed. Right? Money is something that overpowers people. And we see networks all the time exploiting and going past the, the boundaries that they really should. When the word freeze involved, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, from, from free your opinion, iPod. Free iPod. Free trial. Free trial. Every bubble's been created around free and the greed that has been generated around that and being able to bend the system. But I think, you know, in regards to what everyone's been talking about, I think we as an industry need to step back a little bit and look at the big picture and take a micro and a macro economic view of what's going on because our perspective is that you know the we're one of the fastest growing segments in a very um, you know we're still in our nascent stages and if you look at just some of the data that's finally starting to come out there's been zero data and information at all which has really come to light with uh, issues like the affiliate tax and compliance and regulation these are all things that are coming along because you know, we haven't had any regulation, and quite frankly, we've, we've enjoyed running around muckety-muck in a super highway of gray. <laughs> and as in any industry, as it starts to mature and move forward, these are the inevitable things that start to happen that really start shaping the future of becoming an industry. And as I like what Dush was saying, that, in a, in that we are all responsible in it. Everyone, the networks, the affiliates, no matter how great, no matter how small, the merchants, we all make up the fabric and the DNA of affiliate and performance marketing, which is ultimately where this industry is growing. And what I loved so much about this industry when we came into it was that we are in one of the 
last places that everything is going to head towards in that we, we, we bucket the industry in a funnel and we started with the CPM and then the CPC which is the beginning of performance marketing and right before free is total transactional marketing. And this is, it's inevitable that, that this is where everything is coming in a freight train. If we don't make the changes and all of us understanding what we need to do as an industry to grow and really go from good to great, and I always harp on Jim Collins' uh, book about good to great because it, it applies to everything and what we do, we need to make changes. We need to come together. We need to realize what's going on with the industry and work together to affect change so that we can realize our full potential. I mean, some of the initial data that's just coming out that I th still think is, uh, doesn't reflect the total industry is that this year we'll go from a $1.9 billion segment of the industry by 2014 to $4 billion segment. That is a very, very significant amount of both local and national revenue being ge generated within digital marketing. There are tremendous amount of brands and agencies all starting to drive into wanting to participate in our industry, but because of our legacy issues, because of the gray superhighway and we've had a lot of room to run around and no regulation or self-regulation, and I agree. I think we should first take, you know, take our industry in our own hands. We have a history of being reactive versus being proactive, and now's the time. We need to be proactive. We need to initiate this because I can tell you if we don't, we will get regulated by other people. It started to happen within the tax, within the tax industry. I mean, for those uh, few people, I mean, we were very fortunate to have Mr. Palmer on from the legislature on, on a panel. It's the first time ever we've had that kind of contact from the industry. And it is mind-boggling the vacuum that is of information that's missing between local states trying to balance their budget, which is really what it's all about, versus really understanding affiliate marketing in each of their states and literally how much business they were going to wipe out because of a short-term thinking of balancing the budget. So if we don't create transparency, if we don't address the taxes and regulation and all these different issues, these larger brands and all of these budgets that want to start coming into our industry are not going to come in as, in, in, the, in as meaningful a way as we believe that it's possible if we all start doing something about it and all start participating in it together. And I think that's one of the most critical things together. Indeed, indeed. Heather, as an OPM, you represent people, merchants, all day long, and you're out there on the forefront recruiting affiliates, and you're having to be concerned for their brands with what's going on right now in, in the industry. As one of the industry's most well-known OPMs, what worries you the most right now? Um, that's a good question, <clears throat> but nothing worries me at all right now. Um, <laughs> I've been in this industry for over 12 years and I don't see the type of fraud that I hear being talked about. Um, I don't see the issues that I hear being disseminated by people who do not understand our industry, um, who, who have not managed a retail program or a larger program like, like I've had the experience. I've managed over hundreds. And I think um, I've seen a total of three um, you know, defunct credit card transactions in 10 years. Um, but you have to understand something. I'm talking about affiliate programs, and I'm talking about managing an affiliate program from a retail sector's perspective. 
We work with a different type of affiliate. We work with affiliates who have coupon sites like Fat Wallet, My Coupons, Coupon Cabin, um, Coupon Snapshot. We work with affiliates who do paid search. I allow direct linking um, so there's no brand confusion. We work with affiliates um, who have media buys and things of that nature. And most of the time at these conferences, you're going to be talking to or listening to people um, who are from the CPA world. That is a different world. The CPA world is a very aggressive, direct marketing. It's all about um, some serious numbers. It's, it's not about relationship building. There's no transparency. You will not know who your affiliates are. When you're working with me um, and you are a retail merchant, you're going to know exactly who your affiliates are. You're going to know what states they live in, what their domain name, what their phone number is. Um, we have complete transparency. So um, I think the affiliate marketing world is growing to a point that we're starting to understand that there is definitely um, you know, two sides. There's a building an affiliate program that you should be looking at building and nurturing affiliate relationships for years and years. I manage up one program that's been up for six years. They've never had a problem. Um, and they have great relationships with affiliates that they've built over a six-year period. Um, when you're talking about a CPA network, you're talking about running a sham wow, a great product, high paying offer, a very aggressive run, and you need to see immediate results. These CPA networks are extremely aggressive. They have top line affiliates who are some of the best experts in affiliate marketing that exist, and those affiliates are attracted to these high paying offers. They, they would not be attracted um, you know, to some of the offers that we run because it's not worth their time. So um, I think it's important that we look at, you know, an EDU lead for $150, yet you're going to get some fraud. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, if we're selling, um, you know, a, a retail merchant who might, might have 5,000 products, we're looking at data feed affiliates to build storefronts. Those people are not going to spend their time, they wouldn't even know how to commit fraud <laughs> with a data feed. It doesn't exist. Well, it could, but. Um, so I don't see any problems with... Um, you know, the affiliate sector, um, I think what I, what I do have a problem with is the dissemination of wrong information. Um, I um, think it's, it's important that only people who understand tax laws um, talk about tax issues. Um, I think it's um, important that affiliate marketers who are marketing professionals refrain um, from trying to educate the space with an, with some, an acumen that they absolutely do not have. Um, I think the states are confused, the merchants are confused, they're afraid to come in the channel. There's all of this rhetoric and this noise, um, and it's predominantly people speaking about a topic that they actually are not educated on. Um, and I think that creates a fear in our community. Um, the affiliates that we work with and that I see um, are better marketers than most of our advertisers, on, you know, internal advertising, you know, employees. Um, and the merchants that we work with, we try really hard to educate them so that they understand this is the affiliate, he's going to do some stuff, and that's fantastic, and we have the terms of agreement, and we have all of these items, um, but once we have those strategies in place, we're not going to take what the affiliate's doing in-house. So we protect our affiliates as well as the merchants, but from what I see, um, blue sky is in a big party tonight. <laughs> nice, of course, of course. Now, now, of course, and by the way, make sure you're at the church tonight for the PMG Superstar Party. I did spam, pardon me. Uh, Charles, you, you've also been around this space for quite some time. You've heard what the panelists here have been discussing as far as some, some issues and concerns, and Heather's not worried. Are you worried? 
It depends on the size of the advertiser coming into the space. I work with a lot of brands that are amazing products, cutting edge technologies, and the advertiser that's putting together their product has put their whole passion into creating a superior product. They don't know much about marketing. So they need help in a performance-based way, working with, um, working with a cutting-edge technology, uh, you know, like a, a cutting-edge nutritional product, a cutting-edge um, product that will help an individual. Where do they spend their marketing dollars? Well, the performance-based world is the best place for them to go. And doing it as a CPA offer works really well because they get the result right away. And it's attractive enough to bring in high-powered affiliates like Heather was talking about to come and push that offer. What, what I see is a new advertiser coming into the space has to worry about things like fraud when they're entering the CPA space. If they're entering in and they don't have a large recognized brand and they want to attract in big affiliates, they've got to pay out big dollars and with that comes fraud. So having the right you know, fraud security for an advertiser coming in like that and then holding the networks accountable for fraud becomes a, 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 something that we have to worry about working with the smaller advertiser and doing an, an aggressive CPA. So to answer your question, which was, Darren, what are you worried? Am I worried about it? What are you worried about? Man, nah, you know, you know, I, 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 I worry. No, nah, no, I'm not worried about what I mean, the. You, uh, put, you push some pretty, some pretty crazy offers yourself. Like, are, are you not concerned about where the space seems to be indicating that it's heading? I mean, especially after and and Peter moderated yesterday with with. Rep Palmer, and I, I'm going to say I'm going to say this. Rep Palmer had no clue what he was talking about. He sat on this stage, and and he he said that he had to figure out the difference between an offline affiliate and an online affiliate, and I couldn't hold my tongue. Honestly, it was brilliant because I, I mean your tact was was amazing. I would have I would have lambasted further, but knowing this and 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 knowing that. The woman sitting next to you is dealing with top-tier brands as well, but this industry is now consulting, or, or the, the states are consulting each other on a level of, of miseducation, and you're out here pushing products on a level that does put you under potentially a network that may threaten your livelihood. There's people who have picked up and moved out of this state the day after it was passed. Does any of this worry you? The traffic will always be there. There's the hungry affiliates that are always there that can relate to the brands and the products and can become passionate about what we're bringing out to market. So from the way I look at new advertisers coming into this space, I'm not worried about their ability to find the affiliates and find their traffic and get it out there because there's a lack of opportunity for the average person out there. The, the opportunity that exists in the affiliate space to work, from, work on your own, work from home, and create the lifestyle of your dreams, running your own business from your house, that always exists, and that drive that, that each individual affiliate has will always overcome 
the 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 lack in the law, and, and hopefully enough people will rise up to say um, to, to to battle this. Uneducated politicians coming in to hurt this industry. I don't think um, it will cost them more money to even attempt to collect uh, reports that don't exist. Right, and and I I don't think that the tracking's there for them to even see this. So I, I think the affiliate wins, and the the advertiser's going to win because of the hungry base of affiliates. Uh, politician, 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 going to come through, and every time there's a politician get involved in any industry, they're going to ruin it. <laughs> but, you know, if you're talking about tax, so they're going to put tax, you know, we're going to adapt, they're going to put, basically anything going to happen when we are on the cutting edge, we, li we live, you know, you can, we, we take the risk. We're there, we're in the, we're the frontier, we're the, the new uh, pioneers of, of entrepreneurship. Yes, the last few years, things are being taken away or being trying to enforce us, but you know, you know, greed is not a bad thing. Greed is good, that's what motivates this industry. And, and the thing is, if you're greedy, do it right. Because if you do it right, you'll make more money. So, you know, sometimes, you know, the word greed come up and, and, and like in the last few years we hear from some places that, you know, making a lot of money is a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> uh, you should try it. <laughs> and, and, but making it, making it right, that's going to last for long. So, if they want to put a watchdog, you know, there's so much we can do. We'll adapt. We're, we're affiliate marketer. So, we had Google Slaps. People got adapt. You know, we had Facebook uh, issues. People got adapt. On in fraud issues, I'm kind of think we're wasting our time because the people that commit the frauds are not coming to events. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know, we can talk about it. We can talk about it from. Well, can we get a show of hands? <laughs> Or maybe there's they were here be, last there's year. Gonna be, there's going to be always criminals and very simple, uh, you know, crimes is moving to online because it's easier, it's look cleaner, but those guys going to go to jail. You know, we can talk about it. It's we, The networks, the advertiser, uh, everybody's getting better in, in protecting and uh, preventing fraud. Uh, but again, you know, look, go to Walmart. They have cameras all over, they still have shoplifters. The, 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 the thing is to making sure that you do everything in your power to protect. But again, we're talking to the wrong crowd because, again, the people that commit the frauds don't come to events to sit down and learn how to do clean business. Very good, very good. Can I tell you, Shai can always put things into perspective. <laughs> shy is not shy. Okay. Now, we're going to open the floor here. Just, oh, look at this. We've already got them dancing back here. Lori, I'll get to you in just a minute. <laughs> okay, no. Okay. All right, hold on. Here. Wait, wait. There are six here, and I can figure out who Heather is. Thank you for being the beautiful blonde. Everybody else, I'm like, okay, I'm a little bit, 
maybe I'm on fourth beer right now. But, you know, being able to see you guys from back here, who are these people? Okay. Yeah, I, I, think, I, think, I think you may have missed that at the beginning. Well, let's just go down the road. Matt Ferry from Smarter Chaos is an amazing gentleman down there. And, of course, an amazing gentleman. And then, of course, Mark Roth from Offer Vault. We love the Offer Vault guys. They, they do wrong. And, of course, you know Clickbank. You don't need me to introduce Gush. <laughs> Peter Bordas is, of course, another industry rock star, sitting next to an industry rock star in Heather Paulson. Charles Mew has been around forever as a veteran, knows his stuff, and Shy Prince, for Christ's sake, you don't know him, you should. Period. All right, you guys are getting wound up. That's what we're here for. Now, let me see the first hand. Who wants to ping this crowd? And listen. This is the time you don't hold back. I've got one in my back pocket that we're going to pull out from the town hall. And yes, that's the one you were afraid of. <laughs> All right, who's got it? Right here. Because we are talking about fraud leads, um, as an affiliate, actually, I had some chargebacks. And because there was a statistics came out yesterday, someone said this. <clears throat> Credit cards, bad credit cards, just are tested in on, online all the time. So there are chances that bad credit cards can go through affiliate links, and so affiliate can get blamed for that. So is that kind of the fraud we are talking about, or is it fraud done by the uh, affiliate itself? Uh, I, I don't think it's the place to teach you how to commit fraud. Yeah, I, the, 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 he's asking the difference. Well, so are you talking about credit card fraud? Are you talking about affiliates that are generating fraud in the network to get... Yeah, go ahead. I see Matt down here. Reach on over there, baby. You want this? I've been doing uh, affiliate marketing for over 10 years. I've been an affiliate. I've run affiliate sites. I've run for five years a CPA network. I've worked in every major C, uh, CJ, Linkshare, every major program that all of you guys are familiar with. The types of fraud that we're talking about is it ranges from, it morphs every single day. It's incredible. We have affiliates that are buying legitimate affiliates accounts just so they can get into a network. We have legitimate affiliates selling to fraudulent affiliates, you know, listing them in classifieds overseas that they can get into a network and then go ahead and hand it off to a, uh, another illegitimate affiliate for 500 bucks just so they can get them in. We have fraud where there is affiliates that are getting a hold of um, stolen credit cards or it's not affiliate. This is not affiliate bashing. By the way, there are the, the industry is ripe with goodness but the, the cancer that we're talking about here is, is, is threatening somewhat to, to hurt it. Heather to say that everything is good and she's not worried is fine. You know, if you're working uh, primarily in CJ, CJ has a great fraud system. And uh, merchant programs like that um, don't lend themselves to fraud. CPA world is not a down and dirty world necessarily. It's it's a, it's a world where there's a huge opportunity. There is um, major brands out there. The I mean, you know, you've got all the dating programs, legitimate dating programs. You've got all the travel programs. You've got um, the likes of Service Magic and big brands like that that are going into the to the CPA world, and it, and it really is there really is an issue here. And 
the other types of fraud that we're talking about, I mean, it, it ranges from stolen credit cards, it ranges from fraudulent um, uh, affiliate accounts, it ranges from um, people doing incentivizing when they say they're not doing incentivizing. It comes from, um, I mean, it, it morphs every single day. The, there's not one solution to uh, solving this, this issue. You're not going to put one technology in place or one watchdog where there's one type of fraud. Really what we need to be talking about and what I really wanted to spark on this uh, you know, particular panel and in the town hall is where are we going to start calling each other out and calling a, you know, you know, a spade a spade. A spade a spade. And it, and it might even be calling the, the pot, you know, the kettle calling the pot black. But there's, there's plenty of people in this room that have done rebill offers, that have done what, you know, they say are free offers, and, and myself included. I've, I've run a CPA network that's done those offers, um, but have decided to do something completely different, you know. Um, but it's one of those things where we have to all hold ourselves to a higher standard. We have to call a spade a spade, and we have to agree that um, those that don't will, you know, will move on from doing business with them. All right, now you're making me you're making me jump the gun on this because you just sat here and said that we need to be calling people out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Who was in the town hall yesterday with the cleaning up session? Well, I know. Okay, all right. So, someone in the audience did exactly just that. They called out Hydra. Tell me the context of that calling out. <laughs> Rachel's not here to defend herself, and I definitely am not going to speak on her behalf. I mean, I, she should be here to talk about it. But I think the context, and I'm going to take it broader than Hydra, it's going to be, you know, what, what, what happened was someone from the audience said, you cleaned it up because you're a $100 million company plus that basically lost millions and millions, tens of millions of dollars when, when you couldn't collect from an advertiser that was doing bad business because you chose to do business with an advertiser that had a non-compliant offer. So how can you say that you're leading the industry and so on? So, so the question really goes broader than that, Darren, where it says, you know, is it going to take people losing tens of millions of dollars to clean it up or are people just you know, going to get wiser and just have uh, better business practices prior to that happening? Well, uh, to make an analogy, some of the best um, alcoholism counselors are ex-alcoholics. <laughs> Charles? Well, so, you know, these advertisers that are out there, or were out there, that were running free trial offers that, you know, were, were forcing continuity and just, and just billing people ridiculously, uh, they they had a handed to them pretty good, and I got to witness that firsthand because you know I was, I was w watching that segment you know real close and and doing um, merchant processing consulting for a lot of those people. When uh, about three months ago, I was in Las Vegas with the FBI Cyber Fraud Division, with major banks, with lots of uh, people that are heavily involved in merchant processing, and they wait. They watch fraud happen. They know exactly what's going on. They know when your terms and conditions are, are, are switched. They, they see it. They see it all. And they wait for you to make a lot of money, and then they come 
pull you down from your high horse because the bigger you are, the harder you fall. So for the advertisers out there that think they're going to get away with you know, running free trials and you know, being offshore and running these accounts, they're just waiting for you to build up your, your cash so they can come nail you and, and pull you down fast. And, and for the networks that carry those offers, guess what? You're not going to get paid. And you're going to look, you're going to have egg all over your face when your affiliates are saying, Where, where's our money? You know, we, we want to get paid on all these sales we made and they can't collect from the advertiser because they fell pretty hard. So it all boils down to one thing. If you self-police yourself with this simple rule, if you, you, know, you know what's right, you know what's wrong. If it's wrong, don't do it. And if you just follow that rule, you come out on top. Charles, I'm sorry. Come on. I, I'm calling a spade a spade on that's a crock. Because what's right to me when I'm pulling in an, a, a, a 50k a month off an offer, hell, those techniques may be awfully good for me, but they may not be good for the industry. Or they could sign up for one of my programs and just simply market <laughs> teddy bears. <laughs> no problems. Okay. Well, right, right, right. So, so you, you you enjoy the income of uh, you know 50k a week from some offer, and you know the week that you get slammed and you don't get paid. You know, what, are you going to get upset? Or, uh, or how about this, when you just uh, do that long enough that it, it damages the whole industry and your whole livelihood and everything that you know to be your income source and, and how you run your lifestyle just gets shut down forever. Or, or maybe your, your biggest network and the guys that have been paying you, you know, millions of dollars uh, all of a sudden go out of business and now you're left making zero. And, and the people that are running legitimate programs say, yeah, you know, those programs don't exist anymore. And, uh, and you know, it, it comes back. It's, it, I, I believe it's a karma thing. And, and if, you know, you're, you know you're doing wrong, and yeah, it's right for you making 50 grand uh, a week now. Well, you know, let's see what happens when, uh, when everything turns against you, which happened to so many people, so many major affiliates uh, this last January. Josh, do you think that... Uh that the networks have a responsibility to call people out, to call the networks, uh, uh, other networks out when you see that they are being non-compliant, they're fostering a miseducation downline to their affiliates? Well, I think networks have uh, a responsibility to call their affiliates out. Um, it's, it's extremely hard for a network to call another network out because, I mean, we, we've all got day jobs. We're, we're busy doing our jobs. It's so hard to police somebody else's network. But if you see, uh, if as a network you see one of your affiliates or a number of your affiliates um, practicing uh, techniques that are not necessarily uh, above board or if you have offers that you are uh, providing that you now realize to be not of the best quality, yes, I, I, I do think you have a moral obligation, if not a monetary one, to call them up. Absolutely. Lovely. I'm going to step back here to Lori, who's now on her fifth beer. <laughs> Six. I stand corrected. So, you guys, this is my first conference. How many of you, this is your first conference at AFCON? When people are new, I, I noticed when I was new to LinkedIn, I saw the word lion and I wondered, what the hell is that? And I asked a friend of mine and he said, oh, it, it means LinkedIn Open Networker. 
oh, cool, okay, I'll put that on my profile. I didn't buy into the program, though. I didn't know what it meant. And so there are a lot of affiliates that are new that don't understand how the industry works. So I'd like to ask, what do you do to educate people that are new that don't know the rules and the nuances or the language? So maybe they're making a mistake or they're doing something wrong and you slap them down, but it, it was just not a mistake. Well, you come to AFCON. <laughs> of course. I, I'd, like Heather, say, I'd like to say something about new affiliates and, the, and like we're all sitting here talking about fraud and like what I said, the fraudsters are not here. Um, well, there's a lot of people here, it seems like most of the people here are pretty new, like uh, at least half of you first conference, you know, you're, you're pretty new at this, you probably don't know what the hell we're talking about. And so all, all I want to say is, yeah, so and if you have to ask if you're committing fraud, then you're not committing fraud, okay? Um, and all you really need to know about fraud at this stage of the game is that fraud is the reason why it's difficult for you to get accepted into CPA networks. So that's really all you need to know. So just understand that when you apply to a CPA network and you get rejected, it's because the CPA networks are very skittish about who they let into the networks because they might be letting in somebody that is a professional fraudster. So a word of advice about getting accepted, that we need to know, the networks need to know that you're a real person, that you're an honest, legitimate affiliate. So get on the phone with your affiliate manager or whoever's approving your application and have an honest discussion with them. And odds are, if, if you reveal yourself as to who you really are, you, you're going to most likely get into an affiliate network that way. So well, that's my point is, don't worry about the fraud. Just understand why, why we're talking about it and how it's affecting the industry. But you don't, you don't have to worry about it beyond that. You know, also, um, you know, an earlier question was, what are, the, what are the different types of fraud and what are we really talking about? Are we talking about affiliate fraud? Are we talking about um, credit card fraud? What is it? There are all kinds of fraud. Affiliate fraud is fairly simple. These are, for the most part, unsuccessful, relatively frustrated affiliates who figure out that it's okay to steal another affiliate's commission because soon they, they too will be successful and they'll make good. It'll, it'll be okay. They'll somehow pay the universe back. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't work out. It almost never works out. Um, so that's, that's one problem. The other problem is that there are an awful lot of people that put out um, e-books and success guides and all of those things that suggest techniques that to, to the point made by the other gentleman here, which is if you think it's wrong, if, if it seems wrong, it probably is. Um, it, this may seem to be somewhat naive, where you say, oh, come on now, it's not immediately obvious. But I think there are some extremely obvious things. For example, taking another affiliate's uh, link and putting your own link on top of that and driving the traffic and taking the commission. These are newbies. Do they know what a link is? 
That, that, that feels wrong, doesn't it? Doesn't that feel wrong? Okay, then it's wrong. Yeah, okay. It sounded really wrong. Okay, so, so what you're saying is you're recommending to, to and you guys are all fairly new, you're recommending a moral litmus test. Yes. The grandmother test. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, the, and the thing is, if you can explain in simple language what you've just done, Never mind, you know, all the mumbo-jumbo. If you can very simply explain what you've done. Well, what I've done is there was this other affiliate that generated some traffic, and I overwrote his affiliate link with mine. That makes me clever. Really? How? That makes you a hijacker. It makes right. you a crook. How does that make you clever? Right? So it's, it's fairly simple. Uh, and if you submit any of your actions to that fairly simple litmus test, I think it's easy. We'll clean it up very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing applies to, you know, people complain about Google's landing page quality scores and how they're being slapped by Google. Yes, I will, I will freely admit that Google's techniques uh, and, and their, the implementation of their landing score is opaque at best. It's not clear, There's, it's inconsistent. But that said, if you think that a viable business can be built by writing a one-page review where you review four products, all four happen to be affiliate links to you know, the, the, the products themselves, and you have a paragraph about each product, do you really seriously expect that to be taken as a review? Really? And do you think that people buying on the strength of a one-paragraph review with a link to a product, do you think they're being served well? And do you think, I mean, would you buy a product on that basis? If you were going to spend 50, 60, or 70 dollars, would you take a three-line recommendation and say, oh, that sounds good. This person probably has done incredible amounts of research, but he's just choosing not to share it with me um, for reasons best known to himself. Really? Why? Why? That makes absolutely no sense. So the simple litmus test almost always works. Questions? Right here. James Martel. By the way, yeah, this is James now? Martell. Everyone, can we give James Absolutely. Martell a hand? He's one of my heroes. And also, if, if, you, if you haven't had an opportunity to spend time with James Martell, you can every week now. Spam, drive by on Webmaster Radio. <laughs> Grab him if you can. <laughs> Thank you, and I'll, I'll, I'll take the applause for my new little first granddaughter. So. Oh, congratulations. So, now, yesterday we talked about in the compliance session. That was a great session. I don't usually go to those sessions. It's like going to the tax session, which I usually don't go to that one either. But it was really good. It was, it was a little bit feisty, and I, and I enjoyed it. Feisty. And, we, you know, for those that were there, it was basically there's three parties that were involved. We're talking about the, the, the advertiser, the merchant, and the affiliate. And that essentially it was we need to clean up the industry. We need to get together on this. And for my takeaway on it was that it was... The, the real issue here was the bad affiliate. The, we use the word fraud. Fraud is a pretty strong word. So the fraudulent affiliate, or the unscrupulous one, was kind of the one that we determined 
maybe this is not, these, these are the people here that's the problem. And as the legitimate affiliate, and I like to think of myself on the legitimate side, I don't really have any control over those guys. And like you so rightly said, they're not here. They're not going to be coming to conferences. And if they are, they're sure not going to speak up very loudly, especially here, uh, which is a good thing. So if we don't really have a lot of control over those, and to me, the, the major issue here with policing the affiliates, the only person that could really do that at any level at all, as far as I can see, would be, would be the networks. And Heather, you, you, you nailed it. When you get into the retail retail side of the space, there's not a lot of issues here. Like I, I teach the retail side of the business. I don't know the CPA side, but it seems to me if the industry needs to get cleaned up, and that's a legitimate concern amongst the CPA networks as I can see now, what really needs to happen is we need to get the CPA networks to get in the room by themselves and clean it up. Because it doesn't seem like the issues are anywhere else other than there, unless I'm wrong. Shy. I, good luck in getting them on in the no, room. No, no, no. I, I, I think you, I agree. I, it's a very good point. I, I think it's a it's a very important attribute of the industry also that we need to start getting better definitions around the different moving parts of the industry, the different mm -hmm. types of affiliates. I mean, even when we when we have new advertisers or even affiliates joining the industry, they even have a hard time understanding affiliates and publishers and the difference between arbitrageurs and content marketers, but I, I kind of feel like we're beating up affiliates for everything right now. And, and, and it's like all these new affiliates joining and it's like, welcome to the world of affiliate marketing and get your, you know, and get hated. Just drink beer. It's all good. No, really, that's not true. There are, it, it is everybody's responsibility. And, and really for the first time in this last contraction, I had affiliates you know, coming to us saying, how do I know that advertiser isn't gonna screw me? How do I know, they, they're not gonna hurt me. And, and really there are, there are good and bad advertisers, there are good and bad networks, there's good and bad everybody. And I think we have to really keep that in mind because it always tends to keep pointing back at the affiliates and you know, like I said, we're all part of the same fabric, and we have to have a holistic viewpoint uh, and picture of this. I mean, the, the ultimately, what we really need to think about, and to Dutch's uh, point of view about knowing right and wrong, is the consumer. Mm -hmm. And the consumer drives every single thing in what we do, and we have to Absolutely. take care of the consumer. And for what I really believe in, and, and this is a, a big shift now in our in the entire world of marketing and media right now. Social media is driving a complete evolution and revolution in everything marketing. And we're moving from the world of mass media, where the consumer was at the bottom of a funnel, getting told what they're going to consume, how they're going to consume it, to me media. And the consumer is sitting at the, at very, very heavily empowered at the top of the pyramid saying, I know what I want, I know I'm going to tell it, and if I don't like it, I know exactly how I'm going to raise my voice. I mean, as a good example of that, the use of Twitter and things like that, um, you know, we're seeing public figures getting ousted within 24 hours. I mean, as an example, I, I have a background in the radio business. Don Imus, who's a very famous DJ, oh, yeah. eight years ago, he was known in the industry as being a bigot, saying the N-word, doing all these things, and no one ever, you know, no one ever said anything, did anything. Well, with the, between blogging and Twittering and the different forms that people could get in, within 24 hours, that guy was ousted out of his job. And so this is the whole impact Yay, of me media. And so we have to really think about the consumer because that consumer is so powerful now. And that's going to drive everything. And if you don't 
you might as well just get out of the industry right yeah, now. Yeah, and I'd like to, um, you know, interject. I think, um, you know, what I'm trying to do is, is set a precedent. And um, I don't um, know if a lot of you, you know, I know you all personally, but I don't know if you were, what we're trying to do. There are a lot of um, networks and merchants and affiliates, and some are good and some are bad. Predominantly, we work with the good ones because we choose to. So we pull in a client and we educate them. We ensure that client understands the rules of engagement, the rules of the relationship building and development process, and we build affiliate programs that last for years. Not a three-month campaign run in a CPA network. We're talking about five, six, seven, ten years down the line, we're looking at goal sets. So when, when I'm talking to a merchant, I'm ensuring that they understand the obligations that they have to their affiliate partners, and I make sure before I take a client that they are willing to abide by those obligations. After that is acceptable, then I go talk to a network. And I make sure that the rules of engagement for the network are understood for the merchant. And then we approve affiliate applications every 24 hours. And the CP networks, a lot of them are open network environments. They're, they're fast, they run quick, the money is fast, the money is big. But in my world, it's a little slower and it takes a longer time to scale and it takes time to recruit those affiliates using the tools that we do and get them into the program, get them their media. Um, you know, in my world, the affiliate program, and I do not call myself an OPM, we're an affiliate um, marketing agency. When we are managing the relationships and the, and the um, building aspects of building an affiliate program, um, we're very different from like a CPA run where they have to have results within a day. You know, I mean, these guys are aggressive, very highly tuned marketers, where our programs might take months to scale, pull in the affiliates, get them their media, you know, and things like that. And I think a lot of people don't understand, especially affiliates, that there are, you know, they're kind of cousins, our brothers and sisters, but they're very different types of marketing styles. So some of the new affiliates that are here, raise your hand if you're a new affiliate. Okay, so um, Dreamweaver, learning HTML, understanding CSS, understanding um, you know what a domain extension is, some of those basic principles, going back to community college or you know college and understanding some technology, because you're not going to be able to jump into this and not know the difference between PHP or HTML. I'm sorry, I come from a technical background, and most of the affiliates I've seen are successful. You have to understand how to use Adobe or Fireworks or Macromedia, Macromedia Dreamweaver or Home Site Editor. You have to have some basic technology technology, you know, fundamentals. And if you can understand those core items, then you can attempt to do Google search, you know, marketing and understand destination URL attribution and parameter sets. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I highly recommend that you go to places like PPC Classroom or Affiliate Classroom and come to places like AFCON and talk to other affiliates. But you've got to have those basic technical, you know, acumen. Yeah. So. Thank you. So I'm the, I'm the aggressive guy. Uh, 98, 99% of the affiliates are good, hardworking people. You're in a good environment. It's a good place to be. It's uh, the essence of being free, the essence of being an entrepreneur, the essence of uh, being done. Just, you know, use common sense. I know most of the time it's not common, but, you know, common sense and and... There's nothing, in my opinion, nothing wrong on running things that making money and making money fast. It's, 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 it's okay to make money, it's not bad. Just do the right thing, very simple. And you know, thinking about consumers, thinking about education, thinking about learning and building it and, and coming to events like that 
Offer Vault, I know they have a great session recorded so anybody can, in his free time, sit down, learn, and learn the different aspect of how to market. And then what you market is not as important as you can find your niche, you can find what you like between all the program. At the end of the day, it's all direct uh, sales. It's all about like the, the, the uh, instant uh, uh, response from people. Some people will come a day after. If you have a content size, if you have value, they're going to keep coming back. Again, a product is a product. If it's an informational product, if it's a lead, if it's a retail sale, come to those events, learn the way things need to be done, part participate in the race. You know, we kept talking a big portion of, of the discussion about frauds. Again, if, if you ask what is affiliate fraud, you are not doing it. Yeah, you don't need to worry about these guys. Okay, so we have a, a large new audience here, and this came up here uh, on the panel regarding lingo several times. Lingo. Lingo. Just being able to understand the vernacular. How many of you in this room understand what transparency is? How many do not? Oh, very good. All right. Tell me this from the panel. When you see uh, an audience like this, I do. I need to give Mark Roth kudos. They, they are extremely diligent about working with folks just like you with webinars. You join the program and they send you an email and guess what guys? You're getting free education and, and Mark is, Mark's going to pull you in there and he's going to show you what's right and what's wrong. Now that right there to me is leadership. That's leadership. That in my opinion is what this industry needs more of. Yes. It needs education. It needs these folks here who have a clue and have a grip stepping up, just like Dush did, again, and, and all of you. It needs education. Where do, do, the, where do you stand on, on education for these folks? Um, I think the education for affiliates um, is extremely important. What's interesting is that you're actually sitting in this room. So what that tells me is that you've already taken a greater step than most consumer or humans out there. They don't understand even basic marketing principles. These guys are sitting in a very advanced conference. So for them to be here um, is fantastic. That tells me that they're high learners, um, that they're already um, predispositioned to probably be extremely intelligent and are looking for their place, and they're probably going to find it amongst other persons that are like themselves. They're seeking information, and they're here for a good reason. Um, but as far as education, the most important thing I found um, in my years is you actually have to apply yourself and try it. If you don't apply and try, um, you're not going to learn. You've got to fail first. But do focus. So in my world, it's not just any product. Um, that's an advanced person who can take any product, look at the numbers, look at the margin, conversionary rate, impression rate. These guys aren't there. They need to think about what they're really interested in, like maybe creating a blog. Like mommy bloggers are hot right now, and they bitch about their children, and they're making a lot of money. Accidentalmommy.com. How many of you have heard of that blog? Unbelievable. Accidentalmommy.com. And that woman is... 
And you know what? Different, unique, inf you know, informative, funny, and it takes us out of our daily lives. But if you have a passion for something, why not create a blog and content around it? Maybe you're into airplane spokes parts. And if you can find some affiliate programs to assist you in monetizing and supporting that blog, then you've got something. Don't listen to the people that have made you know, a success of themselves, but don't try and emulate. Think about what you're passionate about, what makes you different, what makes you stand out, and then once you learn and apply and try, and when you fail, then you're gonna say, okay, that didn't work, let's try this. That's when you become successful, I think. Peter, if, if there was one takeaway for this audience, what would you have them go home with? What's, what's the takeaway for this crowd? One takeaway? Your most important. I have ADD. I can't do that. <laughs> Your most important message you would want them to walk out of here with that sticks in the forefront of their mind. One takeaway. I would say find a mentor or somebody that you can work with who you can trust implicitly, who's going to help guide you through the inordinate amount of noise that's out there. And one of the things I was interested in understanding is how most people end up coming as newbies to events like this because I mean I don't know how many of you are active on Twitter but I personally get about 30 to 50 marketing experts a day trying to friend me on uh, friend me on um, Twitter and I can't tell the difference between any of them so I mean you know find a beacon that's gonna you know help you understand and have the, a good experience and I think very much the Heather's Heather's point is failing's okay, but you've got to apply yourself. There are a lot of people who come into the industry and then they think, I'm going to start making money. I mean, I can't tell, even just thinking about the, the audience between this year and last year has changed dramatically. I mean, it was mostly, I think, 20-something-year-olds here last year, and you'd start talking about compliance and things like that. Their eyes would cross, and they go, I want to be a millionaire tomorrow. You know, I was like, okay. I'm going to sell Viagra. Yeah, I'm going to sell Viagra. <laughs> so just, just find... Find a good leader, a good partner, a good network, a good community, people within your community, whether it's within your state or within what you're doing within the industry, whether it's pay-per-click, and take your time to learn, learn, learn. Soak it all up and then give it time. Dash, what would you send these folks home with? You know, I think the, uh, I, I think a very key issue is, um, as Heather said, go with your passions. Uh, understand what it is that you want to do. The money will follow. The money is not the issue. There is, this, is, this is an era of abundance. There is plenty of opportunity for everyone. Pick your passion. Pick the area that you want to be successful in. Focus on what you're passionate about and work with people you trust, work with people you like. Life's too short to work with people that are objectionable. And in the end, and before too long, success will follow, and money is inevitable. Mm -hmm. That was well said. There you go. There you go. Mark? Mark, uh, and by the way, folks, for those of you entertaining mobile offers. <laughs> Mark, you should talk to him afterwards. Mark, what would you send these folks home with? Well, this idea of, of passion, I think that is one avenue. I mean, to, to you know, pick out whatever it is that you're passionate about and, 
you know, focus on that. That works, you know, in some cases, but I don't think that's the only way to go. It could be something else as far as, you know, you don't have to promote what you're passionate about is what I'm trying to say. I don't think that's the, the only way to go. As far as the takeaway, two words to me. It's focus and persistence. That's the most important thing in this, in this business. There's so much in this business that we're constantly bombarded with as far as, you know, try this, you know, this, is the, this traffic source, that, you know, PPC is it, you know, pay-per-view is it, you know, buy banners, do, it, it, it never stops, right? And if you jump from one thing to another, you're never going to be doing any one thing long enough to learn it and do it the right way. So, you know, what, whatever that you find, it's okay to get the lay of the land and to, to get some education and to understand what all this is out there. You need to start that way. But then you need to pick something and focus on it and then stick with it um, without jumping, you know, all over the place. That's my uh, two cents. I'm guessing you're asking me the same question. I would say um, I, I think everybody would agree that uh, this, this industry is, even as a newbie or, or as a new advertiser or as a, you know, someone that's fairly experienced, the industry's gotten very chaotic, and um, you know, from chaos comes opportunity. There is a wealth. Smarter one. Smarter chaos. Smarter.com. Shy. There, you know, I was leading into that. We, from from ed, drive by, from from the education standpoint, you know, we educate advertisers that this space is good. This is a space you want to be. There is billions of dollars on the sidelines waiting to get into the performance marketing space. This is what this is. Every opportunity, CPA, affiliate, you know, cost per click, co-reg, lead gen, all these terms you've heard. One person can do all those things. You can make a lot of money from your website. And one way there's not one way, you know, one size that fits all. Merchant programs are good. CPA can be good. Lead gen is great. Co-reg is profitable. It, it, it comes from, it comes from knowing how to apply that. We educate uh, the advertisers that this is a great space. It's a great opportunity. And the fact that you're coming in to participate means that it's becoming even better. And that's what we're educating advertisers on, is that there are good people in this space, and, and, and it, it is going to be even bigger and bigger and bigger. I like that. Now, I, I did hear the Snickers at Co-Reg. Um, I, I, we, we, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going uh, to go that direction yet. I am going <laughs> to... That's why it's a profitable. I am going to change the questions a little, a little bit here. And, and instead of... A takeaway, I, I would like you to give these folks something that they should be cautionary about. What they should be cautionary about? What they should be wary of. What they should keep their eyes on as they move forward into this space. What, what might be a pitfall that because they're new, they need to be careful of. Not to scare, listen, I, this is not to scare any of you folks. You folks need to understand there's a lot of money here. They've said this. The money's here. You can get it. But you do need 
to have some basic knowledge of how, like when you get in a car, <laughs> you need to know how to drive the car, okay? What would you... Um, so the most frightening thing is that you give um, somebody, and I think this is what some of the panel members as well are kind of honing in on. So this is normally the process of a newbie affiliate. They get into a network and they get excited, like Commission Junction, Link Share Share, Sell Pepper Jam, Affiliate Window, Buy Dot At, right? We've got many other different types of networks. They get in, oh, there's all these advertisers. Oh, oh, there's Walmart. Oh, there's Sears. Um, I could Home Depot, right? These are big brands that they're attracted to, but they're not looking at the numbers. They're not looking at marketing a product from Home Depot. They're looking at marketing the brand. They really need to focus and um, I think the thing that I would warn you or caution you of, do not spend your money and do not spend your time unless you know exactly what it is that you're focusing on or what the, what the repurposing of that information should be. So I've had a couple people come up to me today um, and they said, oh, I bought this, I'm going to make money online book. I'm like, okay. There's a lot of those books out there um, and a lot of information out there. Um, but think about the niche-specific places where you can go to get this information. Um, you know, again, like PPC Classroom. If you want to learn paid search, that's the place to learn it. Um, the most amazing material that's out there. Um, and, you know, and there's other places and forums um, that you can go to ask questions and learn. But really, before you start spending money, like in Google AdSense or Google or Yahoo Bing, or if you start... Please don't spend money until it is that you have a plan, you know what, exactly what it is that you're after, how to market, and I see a question. Uh oh, are you going to cry? I'm not a Okay. Um, I'm, I signed up with Linkshare and I was immediately overwhelmed. Yes. The number of advertisers and you know, there were some that I recognized and a lot that I had no clue what they did. And then I learned that I had to have a different website to get approved by this one and that one, and that was fine, no problem. But what I really am keying in on is you saying uh, the numbers. How do I Good. go in Good question. and find out yes. What, yes. which one of those offers actually That's how you learn, yes. And has profitable numbers. Excellent, okay. So um, do you understand what an average order value is? An average order value. Do you know what that number is? Okay. So in my world, in the retail world where we're working with retailer programs, we're looking at a little different numbers in the CPA world. They're looking at um, you know, different types of numbers. Maybe they're lead gen or co-regger. So in the retail sector, I'll give you an example to answer your question. There was a gentleman who came up to me, um, I believe it was last AFCON, um, and he said, Heather, I'm doing really well. I'm making a lot of money. I'm making a lot of money. And he goes, well, don't tell anybody. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> that's funny. It's the beer. Hope he's not watching. It's the beer. Okay. Um, but anyway, I won't say who he is. So he came up and he said he's doing really well. And this is what he did. He was not good at writing blog content. He was not good at social media. He was left-brained and really liked numbers. And he was really good at Google. And he found out that using SEO toolbook keyword tool, he could do what's called you know, keyword research. And he started looking on Keyword um, Spy and Key Compete, and that's keywordspy.com and keycompete.com. And he said, hold on a second. There's all these people bidding on, um, you know, uh, 
you know, large dresses or, um, you know, big lady dresses. They had other types of keywords, and he could see how much they were paying, which is quite a bit. So he found a merchant that nobody else was marketing, because they were all over marketing Walmart or something else. And he decided um, to, to look at women's clothiers who sold larger sizes, size 12 and above. And he focused on advertising in Google on keywords, size 12 pink dress, size 15 pink pants. The cost per click was like 10 cents. The average order value was over um, you know, $60, $70. He was making a lot of money because he learned, right? You can use LinkShare, Google, ShareShop, many, many networks. You can take that affiliate link and you can put it into the Google ad. It's called direct linking. Little trick, if you are direct linking to a retailer that has um, Google Checkout, their Google Checkout button comes up in your paid search ad even if you're an affiliate, linking with an affiliate link. That increases the cost, that increases the click-through rate, and it increases what's called eye-tracking perception. I did it, had some fantastic eye-tracking um, studies that were out, so a lot of us know how to manipulate what's called consumer eye path, okay? He did some research, he did some studying, and he spent, you know, not very much money, because you don't ever want to spend a lot of money, especially in Google, you want to test it. Apply and test, apply and test, fail, apply and test, win, right? But he was making a lot of money, and he honed in on those keywords. And he was very descriptive. Prom dress size 15. We all know that there's an obesity problem in America, but nobody else was bidding on these terms. He was making a fortune. So focus, find something that you're interested in, you know, supply and demand, think about those things. Yeah, find something different outside the box. Remember what Joel Com said, there's no box, right? <laughs> yeah. Very good, very good. That, that right there, well, you let the cat out of the bag. That was a good one. <laughs> Folks, we've got just about five minutes left. Hands, any last questions? Lori, seventh beer now, eighth? You've lost count. Okay. So while you sit there and lose count, we're going to go right here. Uh, just two quick questions for you. One is, when you find a product that you like, I like to represent stuff that I use or that I can believe in. And how can we as affiliates make sure that that offer is going to last? I've gotten, in the, since last AFCON, I've gotten a lot of emails from one of you guys up there that kept saying, this offer is no longer valid. We're replacing it with this offer. So how do we, as affiliates, can be sure that what we trust or that we want to promote is going to be there for the long term? And then my second follow-up question is, everybody keeps talking about the tax issue. And why, I don't understand why we would have to be affected by the tax issue when I work with companies, when they drop ship, they tax the customer at their location that they receive the product. So if they live in Connecticut, they, get, they pay that tax. If they live in Colorado, they pay that tax. Why are we getting taxed on products that are being shipped to other states? So I'll answer the first good question. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I was told there's only two things you can ensure. It's taxes and debt. So how can you find an offer that's going to stay for longer? Or you ensure that the offer is going to stay there all the time? You can't. We don't know. Uh, even 
huge giant retail stores, you know, just a small company named AIG almost went out of business. So how can you ensure that? You can ensure that. So if you have a passion about something, that you believe in something, and you uh, run an offer, usually if that offer goes down, you got an email, it was replaced by something similar. So we're, we're on the same, you know, staying on the same uh, thing, but how you can ensure, can you I, can't. Can I mention something to that? Sure. Um, you, you can ask the network what is the, um, the length of the campaign. In many of the network, the networks that I work with, there's a minimum one year commitment by the merchant. They have to understand that they're investing in the channel. As long as they have means to process the No, they ha <laughs> there is a one um, network and we don't yeah. normally have problems yeah. with. But in a, in a network, um, you know, Azugle Ads, um, Unique Leads, all of these, they have campaign run lengths and dates. And normally they tell you, you know, how long the campaign will run, if it's three or six months. But if they go over max, like if they did too well, like I know some EDU campaigns that, that have too many leads and it went too well, they have to stop yeah. the max capped. So they have some caps. But you can call I have, them. Offer, I have offers that I'm, I've been running uh, from 97. And there's offers that goes up and things happen and they go down. Just, it's part of life, you know, it's a business. How many restaurant, retail store, starting and closing? There's a lot of them. Just as Sh long as I think, yeah. I think that's true that, you know, about the death and taxes thing being the only thing certain, but I think you could make some generalization that if you're concerned about offers going away, then that's, that's typically what you find in CPA offers. Well, CPA offers don't tend to last that long. Retail offers like stuff from CJ, Commission, um, yes. Link Share, those tend to not go away. Yeah, if you run but, something like from Walmart, it's probably, most likely, going to stay there forever. But even in the CPA, it shouldn't be too much of a concern because let's say you're running EDU and a particular offer goes away. If you've built your sites and your business around a vertical, that's still okay because there's, there's, a, there's a, you know, a whole slew of offers to come and take the place. Yeah, sorry, can I say one more thing before I... Charles, give it to me. So um, we're seeing a trend She's in the industry the mic, on my yeah. side, and that's that larger <laughs> retailers are actually doing what's called multi-network launch strategies. So what's happening is a retailer might have like a home network, like in Commission Junction, LinkShare, et cetera, right? So that's their home base. But what they're doing now is these larger um, brands are, are going, hold on a second, who's, who's Unique Leads? Hold on, hold on a second, you know, who's Offer Pal Media? What would happen if I put one product that's on a really good sales price, right? And through an offer or six month run in that network, let's just see what happens. So um, look for larger uh, brands because it's becoming very popular, which is why we invented what's called the Unitrack, which is a universal tracking pixel for multiple um, campaign runs. But a lot of larger merchants now have a home-based network, and then they'll try an offer, like a seasonal offer or campaign in the CPA networks. Also, if you're going to look at a company and you see you know, a high-paying CPA offer, you might want to research the company a little bit and see if they've got See how much time and energy they've invested into their regular website. You know, uh, at the end of 2009, we saw a lot of advertisers coming out. And if you're an affiliate and you're trying to build traffic paths for that particular offer, well, guess what? Acai Extreme didn't have 
anything but a landing page. If they don't have a regular website, you know they're not going to be there for very long. So use common sense around it. Is this product going to be here to last? Uh, is there a corporate office that I can contact? Do they actually have customer service? Yeah, use your common sense around if they're, who's running that business. If it's someone out there to make a quick buck, well, you might not want to build long-term traffic paths around that offer. All right. Um, Lori, I would suggest you come up afterwards and, and have that little conversation. Uh, okay. <laughs> Folks, I am going to put a wrap on this. Please give, give a big hand of applause. Matt Ferry from Smarter Chaos, Mark Roth, Dush Ramachandran, Peter Bordas, Heather, of course, and Charles Mute, and my man right here. Thanks, you guys. I got to tell you, Shai, he is the man. Folks, I want to thank you for coming to AFCON. This is a free trade show for the working affiliate. You have been listening to Affiliate, affiliate Cast, presented by AFCON 2010 and AFCON2010.com.